Pac-Man. Gobble the Energizers or get gobbled by ghosts. to Nostalgia, chronological exploration of every NES game released in North America. I'm Mike. I'm Sean. And I'm Joe. And right off the bat, we've got to discuss this chronologicalness because this is a weird time for chronological orders in NES games specifically released in North America because I'm not sure exactly where to put Pac-Man. It, it had an unlicensed version. It had a licensed version. Uh, Namco put out an official version in 1993. So, you know, I'm placing it here, but uh, for all we know, we should have played Pac-Man months ago or we're playing yeah. it too early. Yeah, a few months ago, I, I played pa- Pac-Man in, an, in like preparation of one of these episodes and... Uh, I had learned that I had played the wrong game. Uh, so uh, I, I went off after the unlicensed version, uh, which I believe should be wrong regardless. Yeah, unlicensed games are illegal for what it's worth. They are illegal. Uh, well, you know, that that brings up a good discussion. Are they illegal? Because Nintendo did fight this and pretty much won uh, because Tengen is the company that made this Pac-Man game. Uh, really is just a subsidiary of Atari who wanted to make this spin-off label because they were they saw a loophole in one of Nintendo's rules that uh, basically a developer could only release a certain amount of games for the NES in a particular year. And Atari didn't like that, so they created Tengen this way they could release more. And Tengen also saw an opportunity to just reverse engineer the uh, the lockout chip on the NES, and so this way they could make chips without going through Nintendo's official seal and releasing them into the market. Nintendo didn't like that one bit, and they told Toys R Us and other game stores, like, if you sell Tengen games, you won't be selling any official Nintendo games. So take your pick. Huh. That's uh, that's pretty rough. And, and Very the man of them. Right. We can t- Yeah, we could talk about, like, whether that was cool, you know, or legal. <laughs> But we're not going to do that because we're just going to focus on Pac-Man the game here. Uh, and before we even talk about the NES version, I just want to hear your guys' like familiarity with Pac-Man. Like, When do you first remember playing Pac-Man? What does Pac-Man mean to you? He is kind of a video game icon. So, Joe, let's start with you. I mean, it's hard to really remember, like, my first... You know, obviously, there's so many versions of Pac-Man. You can play Pac-Man on so many different, like, uh, platforms... The the one that I remember the most is not by any means the classic Pac-Man, but there was there it was on like my Windows computer, and it was just some random program that was like like an endless Pac-Man. It was like each level was like was like five or six of these one Pac-Man screen screens. So when you go go off to the little thing to the left or the right that usually loops you around, it would take you to another screen. And it had like a jazzy music to it. I don't think it was a very popular <laughs> thing. I just remember like playing that on on like on our old like Windows ninety eight computer uh, for a while. But then obviously I've played a lot of a lot of other things. Like a couple of years ago, somebody had like this. I think it's like a, a moderately popular like Pac Man game, but he had it on his Roku TV, and I don't remember what it's <laughs> called, but it was just like another like endless oh, Pac Man thing. Wow. 
Yeah, but you know, Pac Man two fifty six. I think it yes, was. Yes, that's the one. Yeah, yeah that's mm-hmm. it. <laughs> I knew that that one. I, I knew that that one was kind of recognizable. So I was hoping one of you guys would remember what it was. Yeah. So I I remember the first time I played Super Mario, and I remember the first time I played a lot of games from this era. But I like because nobody in our age bracket can seem to remember the first time they played Pac Man. I can only imagine that it's just you're born with the knowledge. Uh, because I, I, yeah, I have no idea the first time I played this was probably when I was three or four years old. Um, but uh, no, I mean, I enjoy it. I, I can't get past like the third level, but it, it's, uh, it, it's got a very satisfying quality to it. You know, I actually can remember. Uh, I wouldn't say I like remember the date, but I can remember playing this on my grandmother's NES uh, one day when we went over there. Uh, they had Super Mario Brothers, Pac-Man, and I want to say Paperboy. And I remember playing Pac-Man, and I think what, what's cool about Pac-Man is that from the time I first played it until now, I haven't gotten any better. I just yeah. I play Pac-Man. <laughs> to, to Sean's point, I enjoy Pac-Man. It satisfies uh, and I think that that's like that's the universal appeal of of a game like Pac-Man is that there are certain people who know like well if you go in this exact order if you go in this route for this map uh, the ghost will never touch you and you'll be able to eat all four of them all the time and it's like that's one way to play a game but then there's also just like a a satisfactory way of playing something that's just for fun that like people who never play video games. We'll still play something like Pac-Man, Pong. Um, I don't know what else really fits into that category of like so simple that anyone can enjoy them. But Pac-Man definitely. Centipede? Yeah, Centipede. There you go. Again, <laughs> uh, Space Invaders probably more likely than Centipede. Yeah. But yeah, I think Pac-Man just had something about him, uh, you know, so early on, it, you know, there aren't other games like that. Like, why have we not seen other games where that just take place in, like, an enclosed maze and you just have to, like, traverse through it, you know? Like, we don't... That doesn't I, exist as a genre. I feel like because it's so simple that any way that you do it, if it's if you're going to be close enough to Pac-Man, will just look like a ripoff of Pac-Man. You know? It's, like, such a simple gameplay style. It's, you go through a maze and you collect the dots. Then there's just something something very satisfying about just systematically cleaning up this board. <laughs> like, like, I think that's really what it is. Just seeing your progress, like, very visibly on the screen is, like, what, to me, is, like, that's so satisfying. You're just kind of, like, vacuuming up all these... Uh, I'm making it sound really boring, but you're just, like, cleaning up this whole board, and by the end... No, you see, you're like, right. I did that. I undid everything that was on this board. Yeah, that. But when you have that that feeling of of... Yeah, I guess I can't really describe it in any other words, but... Uh, if you are if you have a bunch of stuff on the board and your goal is to get rid of it, that is in itself a satisfying. I don't know if it's like something deep in our psyche, <laughs> um, but I mean, yeah, dude. I mean, I get I get satisfied when I mow the lawn and I look back and I'm like, wow, look how much shorter <laughs> the grass is. I did all that. <laughs> like that's what this this is like scratching that same itch for sure. And sure, Pac-Man could get a game where he mows the lawn and and that happens, you know, but it is interesting that nobody decided to also make a game like that. And to be clear, there are plenty of Pac-Man clones uh, on all sorts of early consoles. I think like the Atari 2600, the ColecoVision, the Intellivision, they all had Pac-Man clones, but nothing, nothing was able to take over 
what made Pac-Man such a strong game and, and stop its domination. And people were really just uh, waiting for Pac-Man to come to those consoles appropriately. So if you had, if you'd beaten Pac-Man to the Atari 2600 and created basically the same game, it still didn't win because it wasn't Pac-Man. I think that I think that says something about a game like this, right? I think so. So, you know, we talked about that Pac- Pac-Man's enjoyable and that it satisfies, but wh- other than just clearing the stage, what makes the game fun to you guys? You know, the ghosts that are chasing you, uh, Blinky, the red one, Pinky, the pink one, Inky, who I believe is referred to as Cyan, and um, Clyde, who's orange, you know, the- these four ghosts that just traverse the screen... They don't really have any rhyme or reason either. I wouldn't say they're like well-programmed AI, right? I, I think it's somewhere built into the code that one of them follows you, another one roams, another one purposefully like dodges corners that you don't dodge. I know there is some design logic there, but for the most part, you're just kind of like, it's this game of tag, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't dismiss the creative... Uh, AI that they that they put into the game outright because I think it is very creative the way that they made it so that it's not just like you get a conga line behind you because this game very easily could have fallen into that um, so that it's always uh, just a matter of time until you're cornered um, but yeah I, th- I think that without that this game would have been uh, way too easy and it would not have the same legacy that it does now. Yeah, I, I was going to mention, too, I actually had forgotten uh, until a little bit into playing this game that I had heard, you know, in my adult life sometime that the that they uh, ghost had such specific programming. And I think that's really cool. And, I, and, I, and I'm still not familiar enough with them to be able to, like, use that to my advantage or, or use that information. But that makes me a little more interested in, like, playing more just to see like if you watch someone who's like good at this game play it it looks like they do they are aware okay like pinky's coming at me but i know the way pinky moves so i know kind of how to counter that right off the bat i think that's like that's Mm -hmm. a cool thing and it's it's also just a fun bit of knowledge where i feel like not everybody knows that when they play pac-man so it's kind of a cool little uh little easter egg to to drop on someone yeah it's a great it's a great uh topic for parties (laughs) yeah and, and there's not much else going on, right? Like, you have the power pellets, and you have the fruit that appear in the center of the screen. But it it's not like um, it's not like the game gets more complicated as you go on. If I understand correctly, it's just that the ghosts get faster, and the time that you have between the power pellet and the ghost... Yeah, like, everything gets faster. Everything just gets you. faster, right. So, what do you think about that as an approach? Like, we always complain about, uh, you know, games that don't have enough going on after a certain amount of gameplay loop. Is this simple enough that it's just fine and it's almost just like your brain, you know, it's using like a separate part of your brain that just enjoys doing this? I personally would would have liked to see, like, vastly changed layouts of the maze. Because I think another thing that that makes this game fun is that it's not just oh my god I got I gotta you know I gotta get all the power pellets or whatever they're called energy pellets or whatever and not get hit by the ghost but it's also like it's also like effectively managing your route to kind of like take as, as little time as possible at least for me so you're so you're in danger you know like I don't want to miss a bunch of dots in the bottom left corner and have to come back to it later like I want to be able to make every like Pass yeah, you want to be passage, like capitalized. Yeah, exactly. Um, and I and I imagine that if you're playing this a lot and you're getting really good at it, and it's always the same layout of the board, 
even if it gets faster, you kind of will just have like go to strategies for every level, and it won't, it'll stop challenging you on that level, and then it'll just become a, a test of your reflexes, and it might just lose that more cerebral aspect of it that it would have if it was like a new layout every time. You also have to uh, remember that not only are you getting this moment to moment gameplay, and, and it's you know it's very tight in in that regard, but uh, every couple levels you do get a slice of uh, the um, very involved story of Pac-Man. <laughs> right, that's true. The cutscenes are... Some people refer to them as the first video game cutscenes. <laughs> I think I think they're right. I, yeah, I, don't, I think it's kind of funny to call them cutscenes at all, but <laughs> it is nice that uh, you get anything other than just the next maze, you know? Uh, because technically, uh, Joe, as we talked about earlier, you know, the Pac-Man 256 thing, that's alluding to the fact that there are 256 mazes and then you get to the kill screen, uh, which basically is just like a nonsense screen that glitches out on you and forces the game to end. You know, that's pretty much all Pac-Man has to offer is just 256 mazes uh, as it gets faster and faster. I'm sure there is a limit so that like after, who knows, maybe, maybe maybe even the first 20 stages, it's like the, the speed just remains constant from that point on. I, yeah. I, I am not a pro Pac-Man player and don't know. But I, th- I think it's kind of interesting that for future Pac-Man games would try to like add on to the Pac-Man formula, and you guys have, I guarantee you, never heard of these games. Like after, well, Pac- Mike, Mike, Mike. Before we we go into like the the the. Uh, oh, I'm not doing later- sequel. I'm not doing sequels and spinoffs. I, I'm bringing up a point here about the simplicity of the game, uh, you know, and how it works in its favor because a lot of times we pick on simple games as like yeah i mean all you could really do in this game was just shoot so that wasn't that fun but meanwhile it's like yeah all you can do is eat dots in this game but we're loving it yeah but that's the difference between simplicity and elegance and i think that pac-man is an elegant game i want to talk about you know and this is not sequels and spinoffs but i want to talk about pac-man plus super pac-man baby pac-man professor pac-man and pac and pal these are the first arcade games in a line of, like, who knows? There's there's countless Pac-Man games. So these are the first in a series of Pac-Man arcade games that I guarantee you guys have no idea what any of those are and what makes them different than regular Pac-Man. Am I yeah, right? I haven't played any of those. Joe? Correct. Okay, yeah. Because <laughs> it's, like, it's interesting. So Pac-Man Plus is, is virtually the same exact game as regular Pac-Man, uh, except for that uh, they, they tweak the graphics a little bit so that now the maze is green instead of blue. And honestly, I think that's where Ooh. most players that's where most players probably got off. They were like, well, the screen's green. I don't know what that's about. Probably defective, <laughs> you know? <laughs> I thought you meant they, like, got off on that. I was like, what? Yeah. Like, and, most players are like, wow, this is great. But now there's also, like, they added bonus items, like a can of Coca-Cola and stuff like that. And eating a power pellet sometimes has unpredictable results. And I think that kind of stuff in Pac-Man Plus is what made people not be like, oh, well, this is better than Pac-Man in every way. People liked playing Do Pac-Man. You... They didn't want the changes. Now, now, could you explain what would happen if, in some in some instances, that you'd eat a power pellet? Like, so, if you happens? ate, yeah, if you ate a power pellet, sometimes it would turn the maze invisible. Oh, geez. Or right. it would turn only three of the four ghosts blue. Oh. You know? Uh, the the ghosts were also faster and more aggressive than they were in the original Pac-Man. So I just think, like, 
that's that's an example of like I might have wanted uh you know like a can of Coca Cola in the original Pac Man seems harmless right but maybe it wouldn't have sold seems as well. refreshing yeah <laughs> Coca Cola satisfies uh and then Baby Pac Man a game that is basically Pac Man but also adds a pinball machine to the bottom of it oh wait I don't understand that at all but... <laughs> yeah if are there, you controlling Pac Man while playing pinball th- there is a joystick and there's also flippers so the mechanical pinball section operates as a traditional of course smaller it's not like super long uh, pinball machine and the player hits targets with a metal ball uh, using the flippers and basically the things that you collect on there don't matter at all except for in terms of score because play always like is separated between the the top and the bottom so uh i think what happens is, is that pac-man can go down or maybe it's baby pac-man the sprite doesn't look any different can go down the maze instead of just the exits on the side and if you go down the maze that's when you enter the pinball mode huh. I guess I should have known since it's called Baby Pac-Man. I mean, it's obviously what it's going to be. Right. <laughs> and, then, and then this one's a little more obvious, though. You have Professor Pac-Man, which was not released for, like, the NES or the Atari 2600. It was released solve ju- equations. just for the arcade, and it's just a quiz game. It's, like, it, it's just Pac-Man answering, like, which pair of sunglasses are the same? And it shows you, like, a graphic image of sunglasses, and then you have to, like, look at them and be like, it's B. B is the same. So, like, Pac-Man is the character you're playing. He's, like, the star power they put into their trivia game. Right. Essentially, that's what okay. it is. People did not want this stuff, though, because none of these sold nearly as well. And so I think it's just funny that we have, like, Super Pac-Man, where there's a power-up where Pac-Man gets, like, to be twice as big. And it's like... Now he's just overlapping the maze. Like, there, there's so many things <laughs> yeah. that you can think of to do with Pac-Man, but at the end of the day, you should have just stuck with regular Pac-Man. And it just makes me question my own, like, my own complaints in, in earlier games where I was like, oh, well, they should have added this or they should have added that. Like, maybe they shouldn't have. Maybe these games are a little more uh, well laid out than I think they are. I, I wouldn't give any credit to the people that we have in the past criticized, Mike. I think that that uh, shows that you are wrong on everything. So I would just say uh, to counter that, that Pac-Man, going back to how I think that it is um, not just a simple game, but an elegant game, it is hard to improve upon something that is pretty, like, platonically idealistic, you know? So uh, whereas in another simple game, you can improve it by adding one feature or another. The essence of Pac-Man is just navigating this maze. And if you add a bunch of random shit, like, you know, uh, spying the difference between pictures or, uh, <laughs> or uh, adding a pinball machine to the bottom of it, it it's not going to have the same effect. I think that they, it, they may have made more interesting versions of it in the future, which I'm sure we're going to go into, but their first thoughts were not the correct thoughts. Got it, got it. Yeah, I think it's just confusing to get a game that I can't really critique, you know? Uh, it, and that is because it's just, it's so simple. Like, I could say, oh, maybe they should have added more maze exits, you know? Like, uh, it's cool that you can jump screen between left and right, but that's not so useful when you're trapped at the top or bottom. But, like, 
I don't know if it necessarily needed an exit at the That's top. That's also or a pretty nitpicky thing, you know. Like it's, <laughs> That's true. That's true it's too. Not, <laughs> it's not a core gameplay element like a lot of the things that we have problems with in like prior episodes. Right. Okay. So here's another one. Should the dots have been on every single square inch of the maze, or should they have just kind of been carefully spaced out in in pockets? Well, I think you lose a little bit of that satisfaction we talked about before if it's if it's carefully spaced out. Um, I don't know. I think carefully spaced out would make you think about how to get to those places, but when it's covering the whole maze anyways, you still have to get to those places plus everywhere else. So I'm not, I, I don't know. I kind of like, I like the way it is. Okay. Yes. And then, and then how about, uh, and, you know, this is just me trying. I'm, these aren't valid things. These are me throwing things out into the wind to, to try and find a fault with Pac-Man. Should it have been that if you eat a ghost and then he goes to the jail, right? I'm assuming that center thing is like jail. Uh, should it have been that he's able to come right back out while you're still powerful, but meanwhile he's not blue? Like, why was he afraid of you when you had the power pellet, but then you eat him, he goes back to the jail and comes right out while you're still powerful, and he says, this time I'm not afraid. See, I I would say... That like sort of countering the entire concept of this argument, um, that when you eat a ghost, you should be able to become a ghost and then chase another Pac-Man. <laughs> but I don't think of these as like real ghosts. Yeah, they're definitely wearing Wait, some kind. No, of No, I think canvas. of these as real ghosts. <laughs> like, no, because like, like they old like these members? are dead people. No, they cannot be. Yeah, they can't be because I think no, no. I think these ghosts have like an actual physicality to them because they touch you and you die. You touch them when you're powerful and they go to jail at least. So that means something, you know, uh, I think that like, just because like when you touch them, you die. It doesn't mean that they have any like matter to them. Like it's not that they're a solid object. It's just that they're stealing your pack essence. You think they shocked him maybe like they scared him and that's why he like makes that shrieking sound like they're (laughs) No, I think that like they're, they're generally taking his life force and then he crumples up into his constituent biological parts on the, on the floor. (laughs) And that's what that is. Um, so I, I don't think that they have to be physical to, uh, turn, to turn Pac-Man into into a pile of viscera. I don't think but, that's the case. But now that you mentioned it, when I was younger, I actually did not... It never dawned on me that they were ghosts. Like, when I first saw this, they looked like... I always thought they were, like, some little tentacle creatures. Like yeah, like jellyfish. Or something. Like, yeah, something like that. But uh, but now I'm just, I'm just so... It's so ingrained to me that they're ghosts that I actually forgotten that I didn't believe that they were ghosts <laughs> in the beginning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> You've unlocked, like, repressed memories. Well, you know, if you watch any of the Pac-Man TV shows, you know, you'd probably learn a lot of the the lore to each of these um these ghost characters and, you know, maybe like who they used to be before they died and stuff. I think I'm, Pinky I'm, and Clyde <laughs> were married at one point. I'm not sure. Yeah, and apparently Inky is often depicted as as a goofy and slow-headed ghost. Oh, that's just unfair. Yeah, I don't I don't like that characterization. Mm-mm. Yeah, and I mean, like, I could joke with you right now and actually look up, like, deep lore for Pac-Man, like, the fact that Inky's home is Ghostland, but honestly, this whole thing is just, like, mumbo-jumbo to me. Like, it's crazy that there are games like Pac-and-Roll and and Pac-Land that I've never heard of that, like, have have additional information on Pac-Man for me. (laughs) 
Well, Mike, you were you were trying to find a critique on the game. Uh, yes. So can I can I give you a critique that I have? Please. Particularly about the NES version. Oh, this would um, be great because we yeah, need so, a reason. That's not what to we're talking about. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, we do. Um, the uh, so like I said, I've played this in, in many other versions, and I'm sure everybody's played this in tons of different versions. And the the biggest thing I noticed in the NES version is that the the turn controls are like a little unresponsive, or maybe they're so precise that like I feel like I miss turns quite a bit. Like you can't just like press the button and hold it to turn, or like even for a second you have to like do like a sharp tap at the exact moment. I don't know if you guys had that experience, but I noticed I miss turns a lot. Where I'm like, I definitely hit the button, but I must have timed it like poorly like the timing must just be so precise uh did you guys notice that well here's the thing joe i'm a sucker for for turns in pac-man like that's my favorite thing to do in pac-man is to anticipate my next <laughs> but move of all the other things to do in pac-man no that's my favorite and so what's interesting is is like in the arcade version it's very clear and i don't know if it's just because the screen's bigger or what have you but if you can only turn left or right as you're, like, moving up the maze, right? If you hold down, like, left as your as your option, it will register that and automatically move you left, even if there's nowhere to move left yet. Like, it, when you get to the point where you can move between left and right, it will register that and move you left. And that's what I really like about games like uh, Pac-Man Championship Edition and um, Miss Pac-Man and stuff like that. I just couldn't pull it off in this game, and I wasn't sure if it was just that I didn't give it enough, like, if there wasn't enough room between the barriers for that to happen, like, that the open spaces were just always right around the corner, but I couldn't pull it off in the sense that, like, if I tap left and then don't have it pre-registered, like, holding it down, if it would go left or not, and so I would say that, like, that matters, like, it's kind of important because being able to plot out your moves is what matters most in a game like Pac-Man, right? Yeah, yeah. And I feel like in most games like this, you just, this is going to sound like a weird nitpick, but when you're actually playing it, I, I feel like it's pretty noticeable. But, like, in other games, you, you'll kind of, like, hold the D-pad and, like, kind of roll your thumb to the next, you know, to the next, uh, you know, to the right of the D-pad if you were on the up. Now I feel like you have to, like, t- you have to just do, like, a quick tap at the exact moment. And I, and I felt like that was what what was making me miss turns. Like, if I were to just kind of roll my thumb to the to the other side of the d-pad he just wouldn't respond yeah i don't i can't say that i had the same experience uh, i thought that i was all right with like preloading my input uh, i still miss turns but that's just i, I blame myself and in, in terms of like my reaction time but uh i i guess i i don't have anything else to say on that topic yeah, it, it just, overall, like, just to sum it up, it felt harder to control than other versions of Pac-Man that I've played. And I would argue that, like, for me, I prefer to play Pac-Man on, um, you know, on a D-pad as opposed to a joystick. I know that sounds kind of crazy, but I like it when I'm purposefully pushing, if there's only four directions to go anyway, I like it when I'm purposefully toggling the direction I want on on something like a D-pad or a keyboard than uh, a joystick, which technically can, you know, rotate a full 360 degrees. Yeah, I think I would agree. If there's if there's only four points, then might as well cut out any of the uh, dis- extra distraction there. Not that it would register a diagonal movement anyway. It's right, just that right. I prefer to feel precise in my movements as Pac-Man. And did anybody even bother to collect the fruit? Like... Do you guys do you guys care about stuff like that? Like if, when, for us, high score doesn't matter. So like when you saw the fruit in the center, were you like, yeah, I'll just stop collecting the dots for a second and go get the fruit? 
I would try and loop back around and grab it if it was if an opportunity presented itself. But um, it was never my number one concern. But I, I still had that subconscious uh, want. Yeah, I think it's fun, yeah. right? It's like there's yeah. something about the fruit that's just fun to eat. It's like it the looks, whole game yeah. is about it eating, really so might as well. <laughs> right. And it, and it's, it's like nice keys. to see Yeah, the, it's nice to see the fruit that you've collected like on the side the whole time so you can get just like it's like your little trophies. So like it's I like actually also you're, went you're for on your way to a picnic. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think that's the end goal of this game. <laughs> I also, this is just like a real non sequitur, but I always thought that like the dots looked like little, like what are those tiny little like pasta balls? And I always thought like those looked good too. Like, like oh, like pasta. <laughs> no, no, those tiny, the little like, the tiny little like little spheres. They're like tiny and they're little is my only way of describing Yeah, they're tiny, tiny and they're little. little. I know exactly. <laughs> yeah, also, they're, not, it, not they're gnocchi, pretty like, much like Pac Man though, right? They just look like Pac Man if he just closed his mouth. True. Yeah, like, it's, like baby it got Pac-Man. smaller. Maybe he's like um like those crabs that eat the the baby crabs in front. You know, like they just like they give birth to them and then just immediately start eating them. Maybe that's what Pac-Man does. <laughs> yes, and and for the record, I'm thinking of whatever the 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 pasta is in like Italian wedding soup. Those tiny little like ah uh, minestrone. Dots. No. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I I honestly don't know. Uh, I I th- I thought you were talking about the little meatballs in Italian wedding soup for a second. No, and I was like, that's I'll, not a pasta. I'll find the name of it. Anyway, to get away from pasta for a second, <laughs> did you guys know Pac-Man was originally called Puck-Man? Yes. Okay. And did, do, you, do you think that that was a good decision to change his name? <laughs> I, I guess yeah, it's corrupt. I, I think the the reason was because of uh, graffiti. Yes. Or vandalism. Vandalism. Uh, you know, I I actually don't know what a Pack is, you know, like Puckman does sound like the better way to describe him, but you know, at at the point that I was alive, it just felt right to call him Pac-Man. It was like it, you know, it's like yeah, everybody's going along with it. We'll call yeah, him Pac-Man. You're born with the knowledge, it's right? Just, it's just something you cannot you cannot dispute. Yes, exactly, and that's how that's my feelings towards Pac-Man. Is like if I see him, even though at one point it might have made sense to call him Puckman, I don't feel like that's correct. It's like I, you know, I, my mom told me that at a certain point uh, they were thinking of naming me Vince, but I'm not Vince. I'm Sean. Right. So, but uh, you do look sense. like a Vince. You know, and Mike, you you kind of look like a Pete. Oh no, that's no good. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> you know, we really didn't talk about our strategies for playing this game, and I know that it's pretty simple, and we we've covered that gambit of it. But I wonder about. For the ghosts and stuff like that, and the power pellets. Did you guys try to eat all four all four ghosts when you got the power pellets? Did you use that as an opportunity to just like eat more pellets on the screen while they stayed away from you, Joe? I'm curious to hear what you did. I well, I used the the, the big power pellets as like I tried to spare them to to keep them as like a defense. If suddenly I felt like I was being chased, I could go to the nearest power pellet and and turn the put the ghosts on the defense. And I would try to eat the ghosts if they were within reasonable range. Um, but then I watched a lot of like plays on YouTube also, and it looks like like the people who are really good at the game will try and eat all the ghosts because they're trying to rack up their score. But for me, it was more of just a way to get them off my tail for a minute so I can continue trying to clear the level. Yeah, I would I would say that I was sort of in the middle there that I, I would hold off for a bit to see if I could get them close. Uh, because it is a very satisfying crunch whenever you get to them, and especially when they're all lined up for you. 
but at a certain point, like you're not just going to leave the power pellet and then everything else around it empty for you to have to come back and clear. Uh, so uh, it's just whatever situation I was in. Yeah, I found myself actually, you know, if I wasn't in any immediate danger, I would just lock my Pac-Man to whatever direction would keep him up against the side of the wall and wait for the ghosts to come near me so that this way I could then, like, as soon as they got close enough, eat the power pellet and eat some of them and continue to uh, to clear the rest of the stage. So this way I was making, like, kind of progress on both but focusing on the points. So you were uh, camping. I was camping, yes. And I'm pretty sure that, uh, you know, that's illegal in video games. Uh, you <laughs> can't camp. Is. Yep. So <laughs> I, I don't know how to play video games correctly, apparently. <laughs> but I would say that that is a legitimate strategy for, for everyone. It's the best of both worlds, in my opinion, because you can eat the ghosts that try to attack you when they know full well that there's a power pellet right around the corner. And then at the same time, you don't have to chase the other ones that didn't take the bait because they were smart enough. And chances are they're also smart enough to know what to do in the situation of a power pellet. The amount of anthropization that you have for these anthropomorphizations, <laughs> uh, I, 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 I find it very fun. I'm, well, I'm don't worry. Lost. It's fine because we found out too that Inky is actually a chef uh, in the second cutscene of Pac-Man World. So he's scolded mm. by Talkman for not making his cake chocolate. So these these things all happen, and and there is lore, and there is a universe established. It's all behind the scenes, right? It's a, it's it's for the real nitty gritty stuff. Pac-Man, yeah. you know, is 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 a thing that has like there's a song about him. There's, uh, there's like graffiti for Pac-Man all over the world, right? Like that's just something that's, it's iconic now at this point to associate Pac-Man imagery with, with gamers. And yet there's nothing really, there's nothing really toxic about Pac-Man, right? I thought that Pac-Man was a little racist at some point, but I, I do, I do agree that now he's cleaned up his act. Okay. That's good. That's good. And so, and so, you know, I would like to just walk through some of the sequels and spinoffs because there's there's a few that we have to talk about. And the, the most important one, I think, is Miss Pac-Man, which is the direct follow-up to Pac-Man and was the most successful Pac-Man game in North America in the arcades. Uh, for some reason, it sold more units than regular Pac-Man. I'm not sure if that's because they made Miss Pac-Man sexy or, uh, you know, they <laughs> because they made her like a Marilyn Monroe character. I- I'd say that in addition to that, it was also because uh, the the cutscenes were were much more high quality. Like you get to you get to watch uh, a love story unfold. Yeah, they were yeah, they were really like titled, gen. right? Yeah, yeah, they were titled. It was like they meet, they kiss. Like I remember that. Yeah, uh, so that that happens, uh, and that's probably the first narrative in video games. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it was really, really like you're playing that that little story narrative by yep. every level you defeat you it's like a, it's like quantic dream i think developed it <laughs> and i think it's just important to like for miss pac-man you know for pac-man they they do you know make him into into a character with legs and and arms and stuff like that and then they go as far as to explain that like pac-man had legs even in the original pac-man game he was just wearing rollerblades so that's how he moves <laughs> so fast and Wait, it's like, so are we looking at him top down yeah, no, I don't. Yeah, so I his don't mouth know. opens like sideways. <laughs> no, that's impossible. I think they just didn't have the, the memory. You know, you have to use your imagination. Right. Right. Okay. Uh, but yeah, for certain things, you don't have to imagine how he walked. They'll explain that it was rollerblades. 
But you should know <laughs> that, uh, that that his mouth doesn't open sideways. But uh, yeah, Miss Pac-Man. It's weird because then they show her legs, but they make them like they make them like photorealistic women's legs and stuff, like very curvy and things. And I'm like, why? Like that that just seems so unnecessary. Were they, but were they that, photorealistic? Was it like a real like image of legs? No, yeah. that's terrifying. He's just saying that they're drawn. <laughs> they're like a human, bit more realistic. Yeah, they're drawn more realistic than say. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's like Betty Boop's legs, but with Miss oh, Pac-Man's right. body. <laughs> it's very strange. Anyway, uh, and then there are many bad Pac-Man games uh, that, that we just can't cover here. There's too many of them. But then there's the Pac-World games. Are you guys familiar with the Pac-Man World games? No. Are these the uh, like the the modern arcade titles? They're the 3D platformers on the PlayStation oh. 1 and PlayStation 2. No. And, 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 and I think they might have gotten their way to the GameCube as well and stuff like that. I think it was. I think they were called Pac-World. But I played this uh, Pac-World 1, at least, growing up on PlayStation 1. I played that game, and I remember, because I had already played Super Mario 64 and, and um, Sonic Adventure, that my understanding as a kid was just like, well, of course, this is where Pac-Man needs to go. You know, like he needs to go to 3D and become a platformer just like Sonic did and just like Mario showed off how you can make the jump from 2D to 3D. But now, of course, I look at these games and they're garbage. So I kind of wonder, like, did Pac- was Pac-Man just best left at like this very first game that just happens to be pretty close to perfection? I think so. I think that the, the 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 only thing that personally that I think you could improve upon is by taking this formula and changing things like keeping it within the formula, changing the layout of the maze, maybe playing around with like having dots placed not everywhere or different ways you have to get there. But like nothing, nothing. I don't think it needs fancy power ups or weird things that the that the power pellets do when you eat them. I think just having new challenges in the layout and keeping the sentiment the same i think that's i mean that this game is just so simple I, I think that's all it needs you know joe i got great news for you it's a game called pac-man championship edition dx it was on my uh, top five games of the decade for the 2010s if you remember that episode where we recorded that and that's exactly what they did to finally set yeah, pac-man it's, right it's very enjoyable in a multiplayer setting uh in the arcades and, and I think there, there's just something about how it took them 30-plus years to get to the point where they just say, oh, well, what if we just took the original formula and, you know, I don't want to say it's like a rhythm game or something like that, but there is like a, a, a flow state to the game where uh, the dots are placed, you know, they're placed purposefully so that you can perfectly capture ghosts along your route. And then they, as soon as you finish that route of doing it correctly a new route is placed where you catch even more ghosts and then eventually it leads to a power pellet where you can eat like 60 ghosts at a time all set to music it's super satisfying it, it's it's an amazing game and i think that's what's crazy is like they they tried they tried to add things to the original pac-man they tried to go away from that and turn pac-man into you know everything from a quiz show to a 3D platformer <laughs> to to Tetris games. They made Pack Attack, which was a Tetris game. You know they tried all those different things, and and it's amazing because the brand was still just fine because people still enjoy that regular Pac Man just a okay. That when Pac Man Championship Edition came out, 
people were like, whoa, what's this? Finally, like a, a creative new spin on the, the formula that worked way back in 1980. But where do Pac-Man games go from here? VR. <laughs> but you know, you joke, Sean, but I was thinking, and this is this is this is serious, so even though it sounds crazy. Remember the Budweiser commercial where they like turned Pac-Man into like real life and they had a guy like run through a a real life maze of Pac-Man? Uh no, but okay. I I'm interested. Yeah, it, it definitely it was like a Super Bowl commercial and they used it for like two years straight. Not at the Super Bowl, but like Afterwards, it was just all over the place in terms of commercials. And I do wonder if, like, Pac-Man in VR, where you are, like, you know, first person running through these mazes, collecting the dots, and, and the, you can't see the ghosts on the on the screen. You just kind of, like, as you turn the corners, you see them. I could imagine that turning into a little bit of, like, a survival horror style thing. Like, <laughs> it could, it may, may well exist already in Alien Isolation, but, like... If you take it as a Pac-Man game, I think Pac-Man could do well in VR in that regard of, like, a new element of surprise for uh, for Pac-Man players. I, I yeah, think you would just... I could do it, yeah. You would just have to do something to make it not, not impossible. Like, you'd have to slow the ghosts down or make it so you could see them coming a little further ahead. Otherwise... You would just turn corners into ghosts all the time. I think and die. it would be great, and it would look and it would look great on like the PS5 when it comes out. If it was just people with uh, with sheets over their head, <laughs> right, right, yeah. that's, that's true too. I mean, you know, if we want to just rip off directly from Pac Man Verse, which was a crazy complicated to play GameCube game that required three Game Boy Advances as well. Oh if, my God. if you want, if you want to use that as a as an idea, the way that worked is. Pac-Man could be controlled by a GameCube controller, and then if three Game Boy Advances using the Game Boy Advance to GameCube connector were plugged into the GameCube as well, they could control the ghosts on their Game Boy Advances. So this way it was three people as the ghosts and one person as Pac-Man, and that made it for like a fun thing where like no longer do you have to rely on the AI, it's people chasing, it's your friends chasing you down. I think that could work well in VR too, where like the ghosts are other VR players, so it's like nobody has any idea where they're going. The real monsters are other people. Right. <laughs> and that's why they wear sheets to reveal themselves at the end. It's like you pull off the sheet and you see your friends and you're like, oh, you. <laughs> <laughs> but I'd play I, it. I, yeah, I think that's where Pac-Man goes from here, if we're being honest. I, I, I'm glad we kind of came to that conclusion, Sean, together. But yeah. I can't really see... Uh, you know, because they did do Pac-Man Championship Edition 2, and it just didn't have the same type of magic because, again, they tried to add more things rather than just create new layouts of interesting solves on yeah, top I'm watching of what it they now, did with one. And it's just a little, it's a little chaotic, so I'm yeah. not really sure. Exactly. It has that Pac-Man Plus problem. Yeah. Yeah. So I think I think if you want to do it, you got to look at the 1980 game and use new technology uh, to make it fun again. Uh, but that's it for Pac-Man talk. Uh, you know, we, we could have done a whole lot of things on development, but I don't think it's worth it because Pac-Man on the NES was developed by a bunch of people who were hell-bent on selling unlicensed video games. Yeah, they do not deserve to be talked about. <laughs> right. Uh, it is worth noting in terms of, like, why does the game play pretty well if it's unlicensed or if it is licensed? It doesn't matter which version you have. It's because it's actually all based off of Namco's official Famicom version of Pac-Man, which came out in 1984. 
So it took four years to get here. Namco's already made it, but they're not releasing it in North America. So instead, Tengen decides, like, we'll, we'll just take this and, and, and release it under some, like, shady deals and stuff like that. <laughs> which is, which is only gonna get stranger because Namco is then in 1993 gonna decide, like, well, nobody can buy Pac-Man because Tengen's not allowed to sell it. So we might as well release it again. So we're gonna do all this Pac-Man talk again in, like, 2028. Okay. I mean, that's enough time, I think. Yep. Uh, Okay, so let's do the essential games list. Joe? (laughs) Well, I'm going to almost repeat myself from last week, although this game I enjoyed quite a bit, and I think it's it's got a level of simplicity and... uh, Simplicity and, and just straightforward fun where you're just... It's it's satisfying in a way where I think it's a play it. Um, but it's also going to repeat Sean from last week. You've all played this. You all know what it is. Um, it's a fun little look into like old, like an old game and like into history. Uh, it's not going to blow your socks off or anything. You know, it's exactly what Pac-Man always has been. So I, I'm going to say it's a play it because I, I think for an arcade game to, to keep my attention this way is, is nothing to, uh, is nothing to, uh, sneeze at but uh but it, you know it still doesn't do anything with where i'm itching to go back to it yeah i yeah. would I, okay um, no sean's gonna go okay oh, okay no no that's all right no, yeah, no, michael it's go michael go no go okay again. all right uh, yeah joe would you mind voting for me <laughs> yeah i'm gonna repeat myself from a minute ago <laughs> yeah i would say that pac-man is as we've only referred to so far for i believe donkey kong Pac-Man is an essential arcade game. It's one of the few video games everyone in the world should play. Like, it's so accessible that I can't imagine, like, a language barrier being a problem. Like, like everyone should play Pac-Man. And the fact of the matter is, is that you can play Pac-Man in an arcade still today. Like, it's one of the few arcade machines that you can find almost anywhere. You can play Pac-Man on... Uh, the computer you can probably play it if you type in pac-man on google i'm sure you can play that google version of pac-man you can play pac-man anywhere so i don't think this nes version is anything uh to rave about and so it'd be really weird to have it on games you must play on the nes because you can play this game anywhere so even though i would have considered it as an essential game just because of the legacy status of it and how good it actually still is today it's not going to be on our NES Essential Games list because there's nothing that makes the NES version special. I say whenever you can play Pac-Man, even if it's just for a minute or two, you should be playing it. So go for it. Sean? Uh, yeah, you've pretty much covered everything, so I'm just going to echo that. Pretend I said everything Mike said. <laughs> That's why I ran in, Sean. That's why yeah, I made sure he, that I could one second. Yeah, for sure. Uh, you just steal thunder. Don't worry, Sean. You'll have plenty to say in your Essential Games vote uh, next week when we cover Racket Attack. I know that you have been looking forward to that one, so we're going to let you uh, kick off the Essential Games list vote for Racket Attack next week. Okay. Uh, yeah. I think it's a tennis game, just if I had to take a guess. <laughs> I'm not. It could be a fly swatting game. I have, I have had many thoughts about fly swatting in the past so yeah uh i mean there's a great fly swatting game in um mario paint on the super nintendo so it can, it can happen it can happen Anything. right here in your backyard uh i i think you know everybody should play pac-man 
uh, today. If if you listen to this episode and you didn't even get an itch to just like try the free version of Pac-Man that you can clearly find by Googling it. Like, I feel like any version of Java had this, you know? Um, it's it's so accessible of a game that it makes me think, like, what else is like that? Like, Mario is locked behind Nintendo, so you can't just type in Super Mario Brothers and play it right in your browser without doing, like, some shady sites or, or you know, c- consciously doing something wrong. But Pac-Man, Emulation is illegal. Yeah, Pac-Man you can play... Uh, emulation's only illegal if you don't own the oh, thing you're, you're emulating. Right. Yeah. Um, but you know, Pac-Man is, is something that you do have access to. It's almost like a, a good that's available to everybody. It's Pac- like air. Yeah. <laughs> it's like the library. Yeah. Pac-Man, Pac-Man, <laughs> Pac-Man and Tetris are like the library. Right. You can play you can it yourself to play some Pac-Man right now. Or just mow the lawn. Right. Yep. Or mow the lawn. Yeah. Mowing the lawn is like playing Pac-Man. You heard it here first. Uh, Joe, any other words of encouragement? I think I, I don't want to dole them all out too quickly, so maybe next week. Okay, that sounds good. <laughs> Sean, anything else you want to say to the listeners? Um, I, I actually don't have any more words in my vocabulary. I thought you were just going to not say anything to that question. <laughs> yeah, that would be fun. Uh, I will say that if you enjoyed this week's episode or any of the episodes that we've ever done, uh, we'd love to hear about it. You can tweet us at NostalgiaCast on Twitter. We're very active there. I think I posted a lot of weird Pac-Man stuff and some vintage Puck-Man stuff. Um, I think Pac-Man went through like a lot of different design phases, but it's important to know that uh, he does wear a hat. And oh, that- I wasn't yeah. aware of that. Pac-Man wears a hat through most of the most of the '80s and the early '90s, and uh, if you didn't know that, you're just not a Pac-Man fan because it's a it's the same hat every time too. <laughs> so I think it's a red trilby is what I want to call it. Um, wow, so, I didn't know that uh, Pac-Man was a uh, like a neck beard. Yes, uh, in a way, in a way. Um, I'm Michael Esposito. You can find me at Esposito Film on Twitter, and I'll talk to you soon.